the Gritty Growing Up podcast. Because mental health conversations don't have to be uncomfortable and argumentative. Gritty Growing Up is about challenging the perceptions of childhood and recognising that whilst it isn't what it used to be, we can still make it positive. Join us as we share conversations, knowledge and strategies to help your family connect and move forward together. Welcome back to Gritty Growing Up. Now this week I want to talk to you about chronic stress. In my work as a therapist, so often at the moment I'm seeing teenager after teenager and adult after adult who's really struggling with their stress levels. And whilst we talk about stress a lot of the time, whether it's in relation to the many things that we need to get done in a day or the workload that we've got to complete, or perhaps the juggling demands of family, commitments, health needs or school, we really need to consider whether our attitudes to stress need to be changed. And maybe that we undermine the levels of stress too frequently. Now, if you follow this podcast regularly, you'll know that a couple of weeks ago I spoke about competitive stress and the dangers of constantly comparing how stressed we are. The issue that I see with young people is that so frequently we undermine how stressed they are, not truly appreciating just how much that some of them are trying to juggle. So let's start off by considering what stress is. The NHS defines stress as the body's reaction to feeling threatened or under pressure. It's very common, can be motivating to help us achieve things in our daily life, and it can help us to meet the demands of home, work and family life. And while some stress is good stress, what happens when our stress gets out of control? Now obviously over the last 18 months with the impact of the pandemic and lockdowns, changes to school, exams and and the following impact on our social lives, our family lives and the commitments that we perhaps really enjoyed, so many young people are struggling. If you follow my Facebook page you'll know that so often I talk about that we can't process a trauma in a trauma so a lot of people only now as we come out of the pandemic are beginning to actually start to process what's happened to us all over the last 18 months. For some people, they're still caught in that trauma. There's been so many changes that they haven't got the time yet to be able to process that. And if we consider for young people, what are they managing? How are they managing stress? Now, for young people, they're managing different types of stress to adults, whilst for adults, we might be considering juggling bills, mortgages, families, commitments, supporting wider family, maybe considering those little things that we have to get done day to day. For young people, we can sometimes just have the attitude that they don't have anything to be stressed about. However, they're managing the expectations from parents and from teachers and the expectations that they're placing on themselves. I know every year I see a wide increase in the amount of young people that are placing themselves under so much extra pressure. They're navigating social media and the expectations of their generation. They're juggling schoolwork, commitments and extracurricular activities. They're negotiating changing social expectations having to learn to understand social and behavioural cues at a time when their brain development isn't at full capacity. They're recognising and learning boundaries. They're making judgment calls about what they are and what they're not comfortable with and the associated risk that they have if they are rejected. They're managing online expectations from gaming, social media, phone and screen time. And they're working out what their identity is and where they fit in. And that's without considering the young people who might be young carers to family members who might have a member of the family who has additional needs or disabilities and requires extra support. They might be a child who is subject to safeguarding concerns or domestic violence in the household or have a parent that struggles with their own mental health or addiction, so not have that solid support network that so many of us take for granted. 
So when a young child feels stress, it means that they can feel suffocated by their thoughts or emotions. And because their brain development lacks that prefrontal cortex of that logic, they can very quickly become very impulsive, very overly emotionally driven, not through any fault of their own, not because they're managing things badly, but because their brain development just isn't there yet. Stress is a really intense emotion and it causes so many big emotions in our body, so many huge feelings to navigate. It can create that fight, flight, freeze, faint response, which for so many young people is so uncomfortable. And if you've been following my articles recently about regulation, you'll understand that young children don't have this innate ability to regulate themselves. This is something that as adults, it's our responsibility to support. So when those stressors happen, the brain reacts, the amygdala, its threat sensor starts to activate, the alarm sounds, and it's telling children something's wrong. And their reactions are completely emotional. There's no logic in these reactions. And every child, just like every adult, will react differently to stress. Some of them might bottle the emotions up, feeling scared of them and push them down, becoming dissociated from them over time. Others might express them early on through behaviours or habit-based reactions. Some might continually talk about the problem, needing constant reassurance and support. Others might appear to just sail through the event at the time, perhaps with you commenting how amazing they've been, for them to respond months or years later once the world has settled down. While some will process, question and manage the event and have no lasting issues. And for a handful, they'll recognise something's not wrong and they might ask to go and speak to a professional. The challenge that we have with stress levels is people very often just group stress as being one thing. And there's lots of different types of stress. Anyone who's completed my introduction to stress course will know that there's so many different types of stress. So we have our our hypo stress, which is boredom. Boredom is actually stress. It's low level stress and it happens when we don't have enough structure or challenges in our day. That lack of goals means that we feel unchallenged, restless and uninspired. And it can actually cause us to be demotivated and for a lot of people to feel quite low. Use stress is the one that we talk about. It's the motivational stress. We've got a goal. We've got a target. It makes us perform better. It's beneficial to us and it gives us that feel-good factor. It makes us want to get the job done. However, when we start hitting acute stress, which is that immediate stress we have when something happens, when we have our driving test, when we have our GCSE exam, that stress is it comes, it goes, it passes, but it can be quite overwhelming. For a lot of children, it can leave them feeling fearful, anxious, have a low mood, poor sleep. They might struggle to concentrate or try to avoid things. Acute stress will come and it will go. When the event is passed, it's over. The struggle that we have is when we start having episodic stress, which is when we're having frequent bouts of acute stress occurring in a period of time which overwhelm us. And I want you to consider Over the last 18 months, with the constant changes from lockdown, we're in school, we're out of school, exams are going ahead, they're not going ahead, we're sitting in bubbles, we're not sitting in bubbles, we've got all these rules to follow, we don't have these rules to follow, you've got to be vaccinated, you've got to wear masks, you've got to do this. There's been so much for so many of us to take on board. For adults, we have logic, we have problem solving, we have life experience to help us navigate these things. For a lot of young people, and especially a lot of young people that I'm meeting, so many of them worried... If I don't do this, what if I kill someone that's in my family? If I don't do this, what if I fail my exams and don't have a future? If I don't do this, what if I don't get to university and I've failed and I've let down my whole family? There are a lot of young people that are really catastrophizing some of these worries because they do not want to let people down. They do not want to have a negative impact. And we really need to appreciate that, yes, they're young and yes, we can sometimes think that they don't understand. But for a lot of them, they actually are really, really concerned that they're doing the wrong thing. 
The issue when someone is under constant prolonged stress is it becomes chronic stress. And what I'm seeing now for young people who perhaps had a lot of challenges or were under a lot of pressure pre-lockdown, the levels of chronic stress that I'm seeing in my office are quite massive. This prolonged stress is the one that negatively affects their health and well-being. And it's when someone's feeling pressured or overwhelmed for a really long period of time. It means that we're feeling disorganised in our thoughts. We might have headaches, digestive issues, aches, pains, tensions, irritability and anger. We might just be fatigued. But the problem that we have with chronic stress is we're not looking for it in young people. We just dismiss that young people have nothing to be stressed about. It's probably the biggest myth that we experience. So what does chronic stress look like? It can look like becoming angry or irritable over small things, bursting into tears for no known reason, becoming very upset very easily, having real difficulty relaxing, needing to be on the move, needing to do things in case something goes wrong, being restless or agitated, frustrated when things don't go to plan, having difficulty falling asleep or staying asleep, Changes in eating habits and patterns, feeling numb, frozen. Some young people will comment that they feel completely dissociated, like they're floating outside of their bodies or that they're not connected. They might be worrying, questioning. There might be a lot of uncertainty or catastrophizing. They might lash out at others, experience frequent panic attacks, have very negative or destructive thought processes. They may even comment that they just don't want to be here. They might be unable to stop their minds or comment that their minds are always busy, so therefore they can't relax or sleep. They might have a lot of feelings of tension, headaches, jaw aches, grinding teeth, aches and pains, complaining of being exhausted or fatigued, difficulty concentrating, overreacting to things, a sense of dread when they have something else that they need to do, a feeling that everything is urgent, everything is of equal priority and an inability to be able to see that some things don't matter right now. They might be flitting from task to task but not achieving anything. They might have a real lack of pleasure or happiness from anything they do. Even if they're making an achievement, it doesn't really resonate with them. And being extremely self-critical. All of these signs can be chronic stress, but they also can be things that we can just dismiss as they'll pass. My advice to my parents that I work with has always been that if a symptom lasts for more than eight weeks, then it's time to get some additional support. If you know your child well and actually can see that normally they would have dealt with things by now, sometimes that support needs to come in even sooner. When we experience stress and it's not managed, it creates inflammation in the body. That then creates health issues in the body and then we experience this stress. Now, stress releases cortisol and adrenaline. They are our stress hormones. They are the things that are there to protect us. But when we're starting to release cortisol and adrenaline all the time, it can worsen other medical issues. It can create more symptoms in the body. Stress influences our cortisol and it influences our adrenaline, which creates that fight-flight reaction that we see. The difficulty that we have is that then inhibits our digestive system and our immunity and all the ongoing research is continually showing that it creates these sensitivities between the brain and the stomach. So the cortisol interacts with our glucose levels and our blood sugars and our insulin production. So I want you to think that because it's playing around with those, so often when we're stressed we want to reach out for sugar but actually our body doesn't have the ability to be able to deal with that because sugar creates even more stress in the body. Adrenaline interacts with our heart and lungs, so we're thinking about our airways, our oxygen levels, our heart rate, and that makes our body adapt by using the glycogen in our body, so our stored sugar to keep us moving. And then I want you to think about when we're really stressed, why we feel so restless. Everything's being used in our body because all the blood's pouring to our limbs and telling us, keep moving, keep moving, get away from the bear, you need to keep yourself safe. That fight-flight reaction is fine in a short burst and then it passes. 
When we are continually chronically stressed, that fight-flight reaction is kicking off all the time. We're constantly activating it. Now, the difficulty that creates is that we're constantly pushing all our energy to our limbs. And in the short term, that's really helpful, you know, because we might need to get away from the bear. But in the long term, it means our system becomes exhausted, our digestive system begins to struggle and our immunity drops. And that makes us feel tired, unwell and like we've got no fight left. It then leaves our body feeling very inflamed. Inflammation is a response to threat. It's a response to stress. The more that our body is reacting to stress, it's feeling that that stress is an invader. It tries to fight it. The more chronic our stress, the more unregulated our body becomes. So in the long term, where stress remains unmanaged, the inflammation just keeps increasing. Now that can cause digestive problems, mood issues, cardiovascular issues, IBS and depression. And we so rarely don't make the links between this. And it's why when all the advice that we give when people are stressed is that our well-being becomes the priority. We need to be making sure that we're eating well, we're drinking well, we're getting enough rest. Because if our body's inflamed, it's struggling. Now, often what happens when we're stressed is we reach for more sugar, more caffeine, more energy drinks. And those items, as much as they can be a godsend to us sometimes, actually place us under even more stress and it exasperates the issues and just puts us under more inflammation. So we really need to be thinking as a family, as professionals, how we're advocating that all these foods have a place. Everything's important. Actually, we shouldn't ever be advocating to young people to have none of it. But sometimes when we can see that our young people are very stressed, we need to be making sure that they're getting some really nutritious meals in them, that we're really considering how we're supporting them. So some easy steps that we can be putting in place at home is to make sure that we're eating well, taking the time to really create healthy, nutritious meals with a rainbow of ingredients and really encouraging them to get those omega-3s in and to get all those good sources of slow-release carbohydrates. To get out and exercise and get out into nature, because we know that exercise naturally balances our mood. It reduces those stress levels by releasing endorphins, dopamine and serotonin, and they feel good. So as much as we can feel like we don't want to do anything, we know that exercise and light exercise, nothing stressful, just going for a nice walk in nature can reduce that inflammation. We need to plan some downtime. If you can see that your young person does not have the ability to stop themselves, we need to take the steps to stop them. We need to be helping them to plan their time, to balance their timetables and ensure that they have at least one full day a week off of schoolwork, away from commitments where they can put their feet up and do things that actually they enjoy so that actually they're giving their body some time to boost its immunity. We need to connect with people. Friends, family, laughter are so important to our mood and well-being. And very often when we're feeling very stressed, we naturally remove ourselves from all those things that actually really help us. We need to reduce unnecessary stresses. Sometimes without even realising it, our diaries can become very full of so many things that actually aren't a priority. And for young people especially, who can feel like they don't want to let anybody down, sometimes they need to be taken by the hand by an adult, whether that's a parent or professional, and told it's okay to put that on the back burner. It's okay to take a break. It's okay to leave it to the summer. It's okay to leave it to Easter. Let's just worry about the priorities and help them learn to work out what those priorities are. If you haven't seen it already, there's a priority planner in our activities section on the website. Practicing daily relaxation, taking time to practice breathing exercises, meditation, use hypnotherapy, audios, massage or access therapy or low level exercise, drinking plenty of water, all these things to just help our body relax to boost that immunity. 
And then we need to develop a strong routine. Whilst laying in bed might feel like the way to go, having a clear structure to the day really gives the body and brain predictability and helps us to recognise those triggers and stresses and increase our self-care. So just really creating a strong routine, especially with a strong bedtime and wake time so that actually our body's getting enough rest, become vital when we're supporting a young person with chronic stress. Chronic stress isn't something that's just solved overnight. It's not something that we can fix in a second. But if we can help young people manage their stress levels now, they'll become adults who feel much more in control and much more able to meet their needs and much less likely to have health problems in the future. Until next time, please take care of yourselves. Keep talking, keep sharing, keep connecting, and we'll see you soon with more Gritty Growing Up. Stay safe, keep open-minded, and we'll look forward to sharing more gritty moments with you next time. If you want to up your knowledge in the meantime, head over to www.dandeliontraininganddevelopment.com.